One of my mottos that has inspired me from day one is your pain is your passion. So you don't have to do this full time to live your passion. Hello, and welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. My name is Tina Conroy. I am so grateful you are here. As a professional intuitive medium, Reiki master, and yoga teacher, my intention is to explore intuition so you can gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. I honor your spiritual growth. Thank you for listening. Today on the podcast, I have the lovely Jessica Schiller-Silverman. She is a spiritual wellness expert that helps heal past trauma and inner child wounds. Through a trauma-informed approach, she enables women to come alive in her creative passion without sacrificing money, time, or energy. I was so happy and delighted to connect with this beautiful soul at PodFest, and I cannot wait to share her with all my listeners. Welcome, Jessica, to The Intuitive Woman. Oh, thank you for the warm introduction. I have goosebumps all over. It is always an honor to be in conversation with you, Tina. Me as well. And, you know, I was honored to be on your beautiful podcast and everyone go check that out, a live podcast. And we'll we'll leave all the information in the show notes. And we became like fast and quick spiritual running buddies. It was pretty fast that we met and it was sort of the last night, I think the last day. But this is going to be a lifetime of forever of learning and growing and just so delighted to have you here today. Yes, yes, I feel that too. And it's it's so funny you mentioned that. I was actually thinking about you yesterday and just all the guests, you know, that I have on my podcast and they're all beautiful in their own right, but there are certain presences, right? And certain people that you connect with that it's almost like you knew them in a past life. And that's truly how I feel about you, Tina. It's like from the moment I met you, there was such beautiful resonance. Like I've known you my entire life, even though literally at PodFest, we connected for what, 30 minutes, but I just knew in my heart, like this is someone, like they always say, everyone's in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. I knew this was like a lifetime. Like this is somebody that is a part of my path. And I'm just so blessed and honored that universe spirit brought us together. I love that. Thank you. I I take that in. I receive it. I've always been the person to go, oh, but no, I receive it now. So I appreciate it. Uh, Just so everybody knows, uh, Jessica had a beautiful session. She spoke at PodFest and it was right up my alley because she engaged the audience, bringing through her beautiful energy, but holding space for everybody. And it was not the typical session it really truly stood out to me to move our bodies, to feel comfortable. And she's talking about a a heavy topic sometimes, but really this freeing in an an empowering way. So I just kind of want to start there and and let's go back a little bit. And I'm going to take you even further back. Um, Just to introduce you to my listeners, how did you grow up as a child? So I always ask this, were you just spiritual, religious, both, nothing? Like, where did that start? That's a really beautiful question. So my childhood was wholesome in many ways. I had a really good childhood, uh, very loving and intimate connection with my parents. But I always felt like something was missing or like longing for a deeper connection 
to life. Like I just remember being a child in school. And just like I said to you, like there were certain people I really connected with and felt resonance, but not many. And I always thought like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, why don't I feel average? Like I just didn't feel normal. Like most of the other children, like I wouldn't laugh at the same jokes they would laugh at, or I just didn't connect to some of the same characters, right? Like childhood characters as others. And which is very particular about what I did, what I played with, how I spent my time, how I spent my energy and just not having that sense of connection with a lot of people had a few choice friends, but really just loved spending time alone in isolation. So I spent a lot of, and that's when now as an adult and I've, you know, the 42 years that I've been on this path, uh, realized I spent a lot of time in the ether, like creating imaginary stories, like with my dolls, like I had this huge dollhouse and the families and they all had stories and the clothing they would wear. Like I would get really, really into it. And I had an imaginary ballet class that I was a teacher and I had the roster with all the names and the last names. And I knew all their personalities, just such a vivid imagination which now I realize was my deeper connection to spirit, to sort of this other realm as a way to comfort myself from the parts of my childhood that I feel I didn't have, which is emotional safety and support. So when you say at PodFest that I provided that for other people, I know I do that now in my work because that's what I longed for, right? As an inner child, I longed, right? I had that physical sense of safety, right? We grew up, right? Financially. Okay. You know, I had all the things and the dolls and the support and the education, but emotionally it's almost like a no fault to my parents because intergenerationally, right. They bring their trauma from up to seven generations. They just didn't have the capacity to hear me when I had certain emotional needs. And as a child, right, you find ways to cope And for me, that was living in imaginary land. I love to read books and just spend time in nature, just just isolation. I always just felt so much more comfortable with myself, which is a beautiful thing, but not right at the discount of making other connections uh, in your life. And so it's kind of ebbed and flowed, you know, since childhood to really understand, you know, why was I the way I was and, you know, what led to that sort of isolation and what needs weren't met as a child that I now as an adult can give myself today. I love that. And, you know, so it sounds like you created your own spiritual journey. Like you created your own inner or was already there probably, but you created your own spiritual journey with nature and with creativity and with, I'm sure you played outside. You're probably one of those kids. I can see you now, like it, you know, I'm very visual, right? So um, I can see you like running in the dirt and playing in the soil and playing with the flowers, like kind of like a hippie child. And I use hippie in a great way. Um, And so there you created your own, you already had that connection to spirituality and that nature. So, and that's so interesting because out of all the women that I've interviewed, most people, I would say, you know, say, well, you know, I was brought up Catholic or I was brought up Jewish or, but I'm not really that. And I'm really spiritual. And I had to fit into a mold or I had to go to Catholic school or I had to go to, uh, you know, a particular thing. Um, and you kind of just started off saying, I felt different, but I found you know, that's what kind of kept you safe. Right. So it wasn't like anybody was saying, okay, Jessica, you need to go to this church or you need to go to this temple or you need to stay with these rules or maybe they did, but you found that inner, 
peace or we're longing, longing for that inner peace and had that spiritual, um, yeah. experience. Wow. Well, I, wow. I should mention two things. So I did grow up Jewish, but I was not raised that it was like the golden rule. It was more of, I say we grew up in a traditional home. So both my parents were born in Israel. And so it was more of just that connection to the culture of being a Jew rather than the religion, if that makes sense. It does. So maybe yeah. that's why I didn't think about that first. Um, but I don't associate with all things, even to this day of Judaism, you know, I take a little bit of Buddhism and I take a little bit Hindu culture. Like that's just the spirit of how I've evolved. Uh, but something else now that I remember from my childhood that I sort of knew I was always connected to something greater is I always prayed to God. Mm -hmm. I called it, I call it God. I know it's offensive to some, and now I say God, universe, spirit, but I always talk to God anytime I just felt again, like I needed that support and I didn't have it. Like every morning it was like, God, thank you for life or God. Like, why is this happening? Like, send me a sign ever since I was a little girl. And, and still to this day, it's a part of my ritual and my practice uh, that I, that I talk to spirit as if, you know, they're with me in the room. Um, but I also believe we are, we are God, we are spirit, we are remnants of that. So, yeah, I love that. I use the word God too. And I, I, I don't feel offense at all. Um, and so I, uh, and I've said it many times on this podcast and I was very much the same. I was a little girl that was always, and, and I was brought up Catholic, but again, we were, and it's strange because we went to Catholic school. So you would think like, oh my goodness, but we didn't really go to church every Sunday. So we didn't really follow all the rules. And now I'm past that, but I would still consider myself Catholic, right? If someone said, you know, however, um, I always knew there was a, a higher, bigger source. And I always spoke to God. I was always speaking. And of course it was always like, please, God help me. Please, God help me. <laughs> Sometimes when I was a teenager, but, um, to this day, I, I pray every single morning and it's changed and it's evolved. And I, I speak to God and, and you're right though. It, it's changed a little bit where it's like, God's not outside of me. And I, I spoke about this on your podcast. It's within me and it's a higher source and a, and a higher, higher, uh, higher realm, um, which is beautiful. So, so let's take us back, uh, like up, let's play it forward a little bit. So as you get older and now you're, um, you know, in school age, like even beyond, beyond school age, like maybe like college or secondary school, wherever schooling, where did you kind of land in your early twenties, you know, as we're kind of like moving through those periods of times of our lives? Yeah, I would call my early twenties, a discovery period. So I really feel like I still didn't know who I was. It's almost like I reverted backwards. So as a child, I was like so connected. And then I reached sort of the teenage years, high school, college. And I feel like I reverted backwards. Like I also had a lot of struggles with my body, with overeating as a coping mechanism, uh, just not really understanding my place in the world. And I felt sort of this reversion backwards because as a child, I was very vocal, right? I used to perform like my parents would have a dinner party and I would perform, you know, I'd say, hey, everybody, I'm going to sing you the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, when we go to Israel, I wanted people to know I'm an American and to learn American pride. Like I always felt it was my job to teach, right? Which is why the imaginary class. But then I got shy. I got very closed off, um, even more isolated, I think, in trying to discover who I was. So my college years were beautiful. It's still one of the highlights of my life. Uh, but again, I felt like 
I didn't party much. Um, I just loved being in my room. The internet sort of started around that age. I'm going to date myself here uh, in the 90s uh, where, you know, Wi-Fi and dial up and all that uh, came about. And so I just used to spend time, you know, getting lost on the internet sort of as a coping mechanism and not really knowing what career I wanted. So I graduated high school in three years. That was something my parents pressured me to do because I was advanced in my schooling, which was beautiful, but I also feel like I missed out on that extra year of college. And I remember going to orientation. I went to the University of Florida. They were like, pick a major. And I'm like, I'm 16 years old, about to turn 17. Like, that's pretty young. Like, I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, when I was little, it was to be an actress and then maybe like a journalism broadcaster, but I took a class in high school. And once I learned what journalism is and how they censor things, I was like, nope, that's not for me. I'm too truthful and I'm too much in my integrity to have any, any words changed. Words are power to me. And so I chose finance, just not knowing, cause I thought, well, it's practical and to learn how to manage your money, you know, why not? It's always a good tool to have and maybe it will help me make more money. And so that just led me down that path. You know, I studied finance. I got a business degree, a uh, bachelor of science in finance. And then I went on to get my master's uh, in finance and corporate finance and entrepreneurship. So I know you had a big career in um, like the corporate world, very different than what you're doing now. And you speak a lot about, um, and we're talking about this before we hit record, uh, a lot about trauma and in the sense of empowerment and things like that. But what, what drew you to do what you're doing now? So what is your why now to do this work? And what was, was there, what was your trauma in your life that you're, uh, wanting to share that kind of got you to where you are? And I know it's always a healing process to then help others. So what was that? When did that happen or when did you realize it or how did it come? You know, sometimes people can say, well, I had trauma when I was a childhood, but I didn't really know. Or some people say, oh, it happened when I was a young adult. And how did it manifest for you? So I know now in the work that I've been doing, and it's been very deep the last few years, uh, the pandemic really affected me at a deep level, at a cellular level, at an energetic level, where I believe it brought up a lot of stuff for people. Um, and for me, especially. And so I always did this work, helping other people work through emotions, maybe through chronic pain issues, relationship challenges based on my own journey, which was struggling with weight. And just, I always used to talk about, I'm sad and I don't know why, or I'll just kind of wake up really lethargic and low energy, but I don't know why. And I used to call my, I heard Trevor Hall on a Hey House Summit. And I'm like, he said that too. And it was the first time I was validated in talking about mental health where it wasn't like I was abused or I, I was a drug addict, right? It's like, I always felt like, who am I to tell this story? Because I don't have, right, that pain story. But leading me on this path this last few years, I really came to know and be validated in exactly why I felt the way I did. Uh, and what really led to that is all of that mental and emotional trauma. The last two years led to physical trauma in my physical body through a host of health challenges, right? Finally, the 40 plus years. So I say this goes all the way back to childhood because, and, and again, a trigger warning for anyone listening um, that has had a traumatic event in their family, 
my uncles uh, were murdered when I was three years old. And I know in learning intergenerational trauma, that trauma develops between the ages of zero to seven. So I know my parents did the best they could, but I have to believe that the grief of my uncles who were murdered in their early 30s when I was just three years old had to have an impact on me, right? And into how I was raised, into the beliefs, you know, that I may have picked up, um, just the inherent resonance of the grief, right? And the trauma that happened to my entire family. So there was no birth or pregnancy or anything like that, but that was a major traumatic event for my family that I know I carried for so many years. And that's why I told you before we started recording, I can talk about this now without breaking down because I've done the work um, and the spiritual work and knowing too, and I can actually tell you stories. I am getting a little, a little sniffly that they're my angels. So I told you, we just sold our home last week. It's a crazy story, but our realtor who I found through a note in the mail, and I just love, she wrote a handwritten note. She's actually the daughter. And this is crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like God, universe, spirit orchestrates these beautiful divine encounters. And I know they were a part of this. She is the daughter of my uncles. There was, they called them like the three stooges. Her father was their best friend. Wow. Oh my goodness. And it's so random. I've never met her. I've never met her in my entire life. I've never met her. Her name's Nicole. I've never met her. So not only did she help us sell our home and buy our new home, but now I'm looking to relocate my parents. And there's a lot of challenges around that, but it's like, I know they're here with me. I know there are angels. And I've even mentioned that to my parents, like trust the process. Like they're here, they're here with us. Like they're guiding us and we have to follow that sign. Love that. Oh, that's so beautiful. I, you know, the signs are always there and it's just allowing us to open our eyes and become aware of them. And you can't make this stuff up. I say this all the time. You cannot make this stuff up. We want to sometimes you want to say, oh, it's just a coincidence or, oh, I want to sign your sign. But um, things like that make you, that's why we say awesome. And the word awesome is used too much, but it's awe inspiring. And it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's truly orchestrated, divinely orchestrated. So I, I love that. I wanted to share with you my new favorite beverage and my new favorite beverage is moment. Drink your moment. It's meditation, literally in a can. If you've paid attention, my dry January, I was looking for something else and I found it. I absolutely love this. And when I find things I love, I want to share it with you. It is a non-caffeinated, low-calorie wellness drink, and it replaces my afternoon cup of green tea or a cup of coffee, or if you're refraining from alcohol or you're looking at your moderation, it is just simply delicious. And I wanted to share it with you. It's a powerhouse of beautiful, amazing ingredients and adaptogens, and it comes in so many different flavors. So go ahead drink your moment. I'll leave all the information below and have a beautiful day. From the period of, so now how did you kind of matriculate from the corporate world into what you're doing now? I know they had, you had the period of the pandemic and that's all, and you're still like in that. So where did, where did that drive come from to just like, I'm going to do this and show myself out in the world too. And because you were so 
I don't want to say you're an introvert, but like, like being by yourself and alone as a child and then, you know, not wanting to be seen. And now it's, let's be seen. You have a podcast and you're getting on stage, right? So where did those kind of fall in? Was it all around that awakening, like a spiritual awakening around the pandemic or... Before. No, it actually, it actually started uh, much sooner. So, so I should say my uncle's was a big T trauma that I've come into recent realization about, but before that, and I always say these are sometimes the most potent types of traumas is micro traumas. So as a child, uh, I've done a lot of work around knowing that I'm an HSP, which is a highly sensitive person. There's actually been a lot of science around that. And again, being misunderstood, not being seen, not being heard for so many years led me to make decisions to try to be that, right? So it's like, I'm an introvert, but introverts are not as welcomed in the world as extroverts, right? You speak on a stage, people revere you. You say, I sit in home and write a book, maybe not as much, right? It's just sort of the world that we live in. And so I just, all through the years, always felt like, like I didn't matter and what would I ever do? And okay, I guess I'm good to just go this corporate finance route because it makes money and sit behind Excel spreadsheets. But those micro traumas built up for so many years. I spent about 15 years in corporate finance. I climbed the ladder. I did all the things. I uh, then moved to San Francisco and had a, you know, well, a very good job, six figure job was doing very well, but was most dead inside. That was like, the last career that I had in those 15 years where I just had, I had a calling. Like I remember I had two, they, it was very generous for Christmas. They gave us a whole two weeks off. And I just remember it was the last Sunday before we went back and every Sunday can ask my husband. Now we were dating at the time, massive panic attacks. Uh, couldn't go to bed. Couldn't get up in the morning, like would cry some mornings. Just like, it was so debilitating to me this, this anxiety and the sense of panic. And I didn't know why I was like, why everybody works a corporate job. Like what's wrong with me again? Like what's wrong with me? I mean, I remember recruiters all through my path. Every time I changed, I had many jobs in corporate finance too. You're unstable. You haven't been at a job more than so-and-so years, right? This whole shame. But now I realize, well, it just, it just wasn't meant for me, but it took me all those years to realize why, why it wasn't meant for me. Because like you said, Yes, I'm an introvert by nature, but now knowing my astrology, my human design, I've done a lot of work on myself. I am not meant to be behind an Excel spreadsheet. I am meant to be on stage. I am meant to use my voice and I'm trying not to choke now, um, getting emotional just speaking that because I was not heard. I was suppressed. I was silenced for so many years, but I had so much to say. Like I was always like, I'm a writer, but I always wondered, well, if I can write, why can't I speak? because I write such beautiful words. And I even used to have friends, you know, along the way on the path, they're like, oh, you're just the, I can see you as the author, you know, behind the screen, writing these beautiful best-selling books, but you're not getting on stage. But something just in me was like, that's not right. Like if I can write, I could speak. And so a podcast is actually what inspired me in our three hour plus commute to San Francisco every day with the traffic, it was crazy. I want to move there for the California dream, mind you, but I spent most of it in the car and working <laughs> Saturday and Sunday to live our life. And I told my husband, like, this is not why I moved to California. Like, I can't even enjoy the beauty of living in California. And he's like, well, what are we going to do? And we used to listen to podcasts. And I just remember hearing, and this is back in 2014, 
So before right, online coaching really became popular, it was the very few, you know, few like Gabrielle Bernstein, right? right. Those have Marie Forleo, <laughs> like the originals. And I would listen to all these stories of how they stepped away from a life that just did not feel aligned. And it just all clicked to me. I was like, I'm not meant to do this. Like I'm meant for more. And I didn't know what that looked like. I just knew I struggled with weight. So I started with wellness and my husband then boyfriend at the time, actually fiance, he said, you know what? I've just, I've seen you're so different on the weekends than you are during, like, I know who you are and I, and I trust you. Like, let's give this a chance. And I don't know what that looks like. And mind you, I lived in San Francisco, one of the most expensive cities in the United States. I did not have a financial plan and I don't advise anyone do this, but this is just my story. So I quit that, that week after Christmas, I came back and I said, I'm sorry, I, I quit. And they were like, it's tax season. Like it's January. Like we need you. And I said, okay, well, here's a few stipulations. I'll stay on part-time until you find someone else. I gave them that courtesy. Uh, and then they actually ended up firing me <laughs> with no notice, cut off my benefits in late February. And then I had nothing. And I was like, okay, time to make this work. And that's where my journey began, you know, to learn how to, how to be a coach, how to hold space. I went through a coach training program. Uh, and then six months later, it was actually the same year I got married to so talk about chaotic, like didn't have the money, didn't have an income, had to plan a wedding. So a lot of the money we were getting for our wedding, sorry for anyone who gave us money, you helped support my business. <laughs> well, thank you so buy, much. <laughs> I did not buy kitchen, uh, kitchen appliances, <laughs> not a cook anyway, but yeah, it went into funding uh, my business. And a few months later, I started having my first one-on-one clients and the rest is history as far as that's where my business was born. You know, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that, you know, there are women right now listening to this that are in that spot that are miserable or unhappy that need to make changes. And it could be, you know, so many changes, right? I mean, everything is personal to you, right? If it's a body image and there's so much, it just starts to pile on top, you know, very piling and piling and piling on top the unworthiness, you know, for, for so long, it's been for me, like this underlying of like body image and unworthiness and like uncovering that and, and then showing up and then, you know, showing up and showing up. But then there was this perfection thing for me. Like I had to be perfect. I'm an all or nothing person. So yeah. there's just like this working and I'm, I'm older, I'm 55. So I'm, I'm older than you, but still, it doesn't matter. You're always in this development. But there's, there's, there are women right now that are listening that are unhappy in their marriage or unhappy in their relationship, unhappy in their job. And they say, but that's the Gabrielle Bernstein's or that's, that's the Jessica's of the world. That's the Marie Florio's of the world. That's not me. I have to do this. I have to stay that. And, and that I know you and I know there is another way. And it could be very, and not everyone should quit their job, but don't do that, everybody, you know, and everyone do that, but, you know, do what's best for you, you know, and, and there's always a, a way, but there is always a way. And I think Definitely. that when we start to say there's no way, or I can't, you know, the word can't is so difficult or it's too hard. You know, I've kind of changed that a little bit instead of saying things are hard. I might say it's challenging. 
right? Because when I say things are hard, it just feels like there's a black wall. But yes. challenging is I can I can work a little, I can do this, I can do this. So what would you say to that to the lady right now listening that wants to believe that she can make some of the changes and feels really stuck? One of my mottos that has inspired me from day one is your pain is your passion. So you don't have to do this full time to live your passion, right? Being a mother can be a passion, uh, being a gardener, having a trade, right? Something that, that you love to do, or maybe just pulling tarot or Oracle cards, right? As a side business, like it doesn't have to be just quitting your job, but it comes from, like you said, the word challenge versus hard, right? Words are energy. And I resonate so much with that. Your word is your wand, which actually is a wonderful book too by uh, Florence Scovelshin. It was written back actually in the 1920s about the power of the mind and all these things. And, and as a woman, right? Think about a woman in that age where women weren't even allowed to write or publish books. And being Women's History Month too, I just felt called to share that your word is your wand. That's another mantra as well. So for me, it's having an awareness, having a connection first to yourself, right? Because that's, that's how I started. It was this discovery of like, okay, I'm overweight. I hate my job. You know, yeah, I was in a relationship at the time, but it took me 35 years. I'm a late bloomer. I got married at 35. Um, and I've had challenges since then in my marriage. I don't talk about that too much, but I'm just going to be real and vulnerable now as, as I have been so far. And all of that has made me realize that, again, all roads lead back to trauma. Like that is the only thing that's getting in the way. But but in our minds, we say, oh, it's the obligation or, right, I have to pay the bills. And I get all that. And that's why I say, don't quit your job. You know, I work with clients to help them transition from a corporate job like I did to being a full-time entrepreneur, because that didn't happen for me overnight. It's a process. But how do you know it's right? That's something only you can answer for it's a feeling in your soul. It's a feeling that you're made for more, right? It's if you even have that thought within you, and this is what I speak about all the time with my clients, then you are destined for this. Everything else is just details. Like everything else is just words. It's, it's just energy. It just has to be shifted. And as soon as we shift that energy and we start taking those micro steps. So for me, that was while I was still in my corporate job, I was journaling what I wanted my life to look like because I was literally surrounded and watched. It was a very micromanaged environment where literally my every move was watched, even how many times I went to the bathroom and all I wanted was freedom. And so I wrote that word. I actually have a, a cutout, a wooden painted sign, freedom in my living room. It's actually the name of one of my past programs, freedom and flow. Like I was just envisioning everything that I didn't have that I wanted. Your pain is your passion, right? How can you turn that pain into power, into passion? And I just journaled about that. I didn't know what my business would look like. I didn't know how to run a business, right? And you take the steps, you explore, Right? You explore what it is you want to do. Do you even want to explore one-on-one -on -one coaching? Do you want to lead groups of women? Do you want to lead masterminds or spiritual experiences, right? And that's how my business has really evolved, starting with just the one-to-one, -one, like what I would have wanted when I was in the depths of despair. It's just to have someone like you, Tina, that made me feel so comfortable in my own skin that I could share and feel comfortable and safe 
sharing my life experiences and evolve from that. And then as I became more comfortable, well, now I lead sisterhoods and group immersions. Then I have teachers that help me facilitate this, right? That's how it's grown from there. And then the podcast, and I'm working on my book now. And But it, it, it started really small. I actually sent my client, this is just really quick. I just thought this was so timely. I'm cleaning because I told you I'm, we're moving in the next month. I found an old notebook that was an exercise of limiting beliefs that I did when I first started my business back in 2014. And one of them was like, who the hell will care about what I post on social media? Why would anybody care? And I don't think I have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And so I took a picture and I sent it to my client who has all those beliefs now. And I said, this is where I started and you know who I am today. So if I can do it, I'm not Marie Forleo, I'm not Gabby, I'm me. But if I can do it, you can do it. If you have that desire within you, you have every capacity, right? Just, and again, faith is a big part of it too. Channeling yeah. universe and spirit to co-create with me. I love that. And I love, I love everything you said, especially that it's in happen overnight. And especially that it was micro steps or baby steps. And I believe what happens sometimes, and it's happened to me, is we are so overwhelmed. We're so bogged down. There's, it's, it's everything. It's the weight, it's the job, it's the everything. It feels, there's so many things. It's not just one thing. So we've kind of compiled it, right? So yes. we, you know, we, we're not sleeping well. We're not eating well. We're now overweight. We don't like the way we look. Maybe we're drinking too much. I'm just using all these things. We don't like our job. We don't like our, our, our home. We don't have enough money. We're fighting with our, you know, it's like, it's everything, 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 but we're looking outside instead of fixing all of it. We just have to start with one thing. And your one thing was listening to a podcast. Yeah. Your one thing was listening to a podcast with your fiance yeah. or boyfriend yeah. at the time. And, and my it's one still, thing, it's still the yeah. thing that like when I, I had, um, you know, the pandemic, when I finally caught it, I had no energy to do anything like any of my rituals or my spiritual practices. I had brain fog, but the one thing I did, Tina, was I sat outside in the sun and I put in my buds and I listened to a podcast. Yeah. And that's why this, this is so, this is so personal, right? But it, it's, it's such a healing modality. And that's why I speak about it all the time. It is a healing modality. I, I really agree with you. I, I remember, and I've been podcasting, it feels like forever at this time, but podcasting to me, I started doing it for me. <laughs> it was very yeah. selfish. Yeah. You know, it was extremely selfish. It was for me. And my very first podcast was Spear Chat Girls and talking spiritual things that I wanted to talk about that someone would listen to me. And then it changed a little bit in different names. And, and here we are, the intuitive woman that's been going on for, since 2018 when the name changed. But the thing is, is that it's the passion and it's healing because I can listen to a podcast and feel that there was the moments that I needed to hear that person. And maybe five minutes, it might be two hours. I might binge and listen to all of them. Yeah. But it it's something that I'm a very audio person, not that I don't love visual, but for me, when it comes to content, I like to listen. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I love video too, don't get me wrong. But if someone says to me, you know, listen to an audio or watch a YouTube, I'm going to listen to the audio because I like to listen yeah. and I don't even like to, sometimes things are on YouTube. I turn the camera off and I just listen. I don't look at the actual video. I don't need to see the person. I just need to listen. So I love that. And, and you're right. It's very, very healing. It's, it's been very healing. Um, 
I want to segue a little bit and I want to talk a bit about this term um, intergenerational trauma. So I hear that a lot and I'm I'm also asking honestly, because is that trauma that's been passed down through a lineage that just goes way back in the family line and just kind of keeps running through the family line? And does it does it slowly get um I guess my question is, is does it move through the family line? And as each one, as it goes through the family line, does it lessen? Does it pick up speed? Like, or is it just, it just moves through the, the family generational line? That's actually a really good question. No one's ever asked me that. So I I don't know. So I'm, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So intergenerational trauma can go back up to seven. So trauma is in seven year cycles. So actually in your own life, Tina, your trauma is measured sort of in seven years. So zero to seven, seven to 14. And spiritually, there's a connection to those years as well, right? Like Saturn return and all those different transits, but it can go back up to seven generations and can carry forward from your, from your existence forward seven generations, right? So we have sort of this 14 generational span Does it lessen what is the effects, right, over time? That's dependent on each person. Like, it's sort of like a torch, like an Olympic torch, right, that is passed each four years in the Olympics. That This is what I visualize it to be. And so every incarnation of that generation has a chance to break the cycle. I know in this work, and again, this is something I've only realized in the last few years, I am here to break the cycle. I've already broken the cycle by doing what I do, by showing up, by talking about it, by healing others. No one else in my generation, in my lineage, has ever done that. So yes, it's it's lessons with me. I won't say it stops because we all have remnants and, and that's why I believe we incarnate is we all have sort of corrections and healings. Um, they talk about that a lot in Kabbalah, like our purpose and our corrections in this life and you know, past lives and future lives and all of that. But I think it just depends on each person and, and, and what they do, right? It's it's what we do with, with what we're given and, and how much knowledge somebody has around the fact that a lot of it's subconscious. So I know for a fact that a lot of people can say, oh, I don't, I don't have any intergenerational trauma. I believe everybody does to a degree because if you had someone in your family that went through war, or someone that went through, right, the pandemic or the flu of 1912, right? I mean, that's all trauma. That's collective. It may not be intergenerational, but that carries through to you, to your child, right? The remnants of it. So I think awareness is really the first piece, right, that helps us heal that. And when we heal that, we don't carry those remnants into future generations because we've shined a light on it. We've peeled through that awareness and trying to move through that, which is a lot of the work that I do. And of course with my clients is okay. Now that I know I have this, what do I do? What do I do with all this? How do I get, not necessarily get rid of it, but how do I release it from controlling and, and being in my aura, you know, spiritually having a sort of dense subconscious energy running my life. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I also feel as you were you were speaking, and we, we touched a bit about this when we spoke last time on your podcast, is how you're changing your you're shifting or stopping or however you want to say it that because you're doing the work you're doing 
similar to me, even though we have different stories, I'm came out and said, you know, I'm an intuitive medium. I'm yeah. teaching yoga, right? That's a completely like who else has done that in my line, even though, and we spoke of this, my grandmother and, you know, we can all say we're intuitive and psychic and which we all are, but it wasn't spoken about. So by me stating like, no, I am a medium. I am doing this work. I am, you know, kind of went, oh, it's like, I hear the record, like, you know, like yeah. it just, it changes and it shifts so that now the next generation after me, it's open, right? So if my my daughter or my son or their children or, you know, whatever, it just, it just that it's, it's okay, you know? So I've yeah. allowed that a door to open where it wasn't really open for me and not because it just wasn't understood or it wasn't possible um, or it wasn't the right time, you know? So I appreciate definitely. that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's definitely an example of breaking the cycle, right? It doesn't necessarily right. have to be something traumatic. It could be something that was suppressed, right? I mean, we, we, as women have experienced a lot of intergenerational trauma just by being a woman, right. right. And the history of women over the centuries. And, and so that's why I mean it, it can carry if there's not awareness of it. Right. And there's suppression of the trauma and, and not acknowledging it and sort of doing the work. But if we do the work, then yeah, it does, it does lessen over time. So our children and their grandchildren don't carry those burdens of the past. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I can speak to you forever, but I want to yeah. ask you this before we kind of close out. And I want you to share with everyone any programs and your and your coaching. And of course, I'll leave all the information below. But what can you, and we've touched upon this, of course, by speaking. What can you share or what is a moment and it could be something a long time ago or just recent um, that you listened to your intuition and you took action. Mm, I got goosebumps as you asked that question. That's a beautiful question because it literally just happened uh, last week. That's the first thing that came to mind. It's around boundaries. So as a highly sensitive person, I am very porous. I actually had an in-person Reiki reading, never had in person, only done virtual. I actually thought of you, Tina. So I'm like, I'd like to book a session with Tina as well because we have that divine connection. But it was a wellness fest. It was outside. They had the table. They were actually about to close up. And I was like, ooh, ooh I want a Reiki reading. It was like by donation. And the girls were like, okay, we'll tag team this. And they basically told me that they sensed I was very sensitive, almost too much, almost porous to where I was letting negative energies in. I was letting people in that don't belong necessarily in my aura, or maybe they were manipulating me in a certain way or taking advantage. And at first it really bothered me, but then I thought about what happened a few days before I'd been exploring growing my podcast. So I actually had a call with a referral. It was somebody referred me to these gentlemen that do coaching around, you know, increasing downloads or 10 Xing or what have you had the call I am a very excitable person. You know me. So initially I was like, oh yeah, let's do it. Sure. What's the investment? No problem. I'll make it work. Right. I'm just uh, sort of a Pollyanna in that way and an, an eternal optimist. But I, something didn't feel right. And I've never, and I know this sounds crazy, but I've never really listened to that <laughs> when it came to business investments. Like I always sort of had this FOMO, like, Ooh, like there's a reason why, you know, and spirituality would mess with me. So-and-so gave me their name and, and well, I felt it on the call and why do I feel different now? And always all this questioning, which again, I know is sort of my inner child trauma because if my voice wasn't heard then, well, then I never knew what to do, right? It's, is this right or is this right? And so it's always been a conflict for me as well as boundaries, you know, just letting people in. So I let the call happen, which I don't have shame around that. 
but I tuned in. I said, I'm giving myself 24 hours. I told him, you know what? It was Wednesday, last Wednesday, actually. And I said, give me till Friday. And in the past, I might've just said yes, right then and there, <laughs> given them a card. I was like, nope, something just like, I feel off. I need to tune in. It's a big investment. And so I did. And then I talked to my husband a little bit about it. And I kept seeing the signs of the person who referred me to no discount to her, but like, there was just a lot of things that were off energetically. And so not only did I decide and really tune into my intuition, but I set a boundary with this individual. Like I had without hesitation, sent them an email, explained to them exactly what the process was for this decision. And they didn't stop. And that's everyone's biggest fear when you set a boundary is like, oh my gosh, are they going to lash out? Are they going to, and so he kept emailing me and I don't understand. You were so excited and what shifted. And I stood firm in my boundary again, tuning into my intuition. I am a woman of many words, but in this instance, setting a boundary means few words. And I said, I meditated on this. This doesn't feel right. I talked to my team about it. We are going to go in a different direction. Thank you so much for your time. And again, this person again, and I was just like, I stayed firm and eventually, you know, all, all ended well, but yeah, I'm just proud of myself because I've made a lot of business decisions in the past, uh, invested in people and just got excited at the time and then had to learn the hard way after spending the money that this wasn't right for my business. Um, and this is the second time it's actually happened this month. One was for my health. I had a call with a health practitioner same thing. Something was off in the way she facilitated in the offer. And I said, no. And I saved myself a lot of money, Tina, just by tuning into my own intuition. Because right after that, I was validated by spirit. I had an evolutionary astrology reading. And she told me that my destined purpose, right? My North node is in Leo. Um, I had a lot of Aries in the chart. Like she's like, you are a leader. And I thought to myself, why do I keep giving away my power to other people when I can, I can heal myself as far as the health practitioner. And as far as the downloads, Tina, I tried a trick recently around SEO and it's been working. So did I need that person again, validation from spirit that that was the right decision. Yeah. <clears throat> when you start to listen to yourself and the more you do it and the more you build that muscle, it's, it truly is just beautiful. And that's how the intuitive woman was, was kind of birthed. It was allowing women to know that they have this beautiful voice and to listen and to trust it. And mm -hmm. even when you make the mistake, I'm using air quotes, and you don't listen to it, that's intuition too, because then you've learned from that. But yes. I love that this showed you and validated for you even later on that you are a leader and that you need to listen. And I think intuition in business is phenomenal. And, and that's what's going to help so many of us for women to get out there and not feel that we're not enough, that we can make money, that we can, we can also have a nice price tag on our offerings and we don't have to feel bad. You know, that's a whole other topic I used to speak about yes. spiritual and price tag because people are like, well, I should give it for free or it should be so expensive. No, mm -hmm. no, no. Um, but you know what? I love that. So thank you so much for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you yeah. for having me. So where can people find you? Uh, please share any programs or, or, or anything that you'd like with the listeners. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the best way to really get to know me, of course, beyond this episode is my podcast. So Alive with Jessica Silverman. Um, I know you'll link that up in the show notes. I'm on all major podcast platforms. I also have a, I work with clients one-on-one as I alluded to before, but I have a sisterhood called the Live Vibrant Sisterhood. It's a live hybrid course slash live group program uh, that I run a few times a year. I actually was I think initially I, I told you it was going to start in March, um, but due to some life circumstances, we're moving, my health challenges, uh, again, tuned into my intuition. And I said, no, now is not the time. Uh, so it will be restarting again in May of this year. And that is a sisterhood where we explore spirituality, sisterhood, our own personal journey, what it means to live in our power, to use our own voice, really tuning into purpose through spiritual tools. So each week is a different session exploring Akashic records, human design, aura awareness. We have a really fun poetry oracle, tarot session, really harnessing one's creativity to get deeper into that yin, into that divine feminine uh, in a space where you feel supported. Because as I said, I went through so much of my past, not feeling supported, feeling alone, uh, feeling safe, right? As I say, if you don't feel safe, to do something you won't. I mean, all roads lead back to feeling safe. And so it's a community where you're held, you're supported, where you should feel safe. Um, and especially the last few years, we've all been so disconnected. So I know it's virtual, but it feels like home to me and the women that join. Beautiful, beautiful. And they can find you on social media, Instagram, yes. and and what's your handle yeah. on Instagram? I'll, I'll, I'll oh, link yes. it up as well. Yeah. My handle on Instagram is Mozen, M-O-Z-E-N underscore wellness. I'm also on Facebook. So I have a Facebook group called also Alive, like my podcast, Alive with Jessica Silverman. And yeah, that's about it. My podcast, Instagram, Facebook, the Live Vibrant Sisterhood, work with clients one-on-one. I also do Oracle and tarot readings as well. I call them energy and clarity sessions. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I'll, I'll leave everything below. So Thank you so much, Jessica. This has been really great. I I know that Spirit guided us to speak and also connected us with each other when we were in Orlando. And it's just going to be a continuation of a beautiful friendship. So thank you for all that you put out in the world. Thank you for all that you do and you continue to do. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.